tell you that together we are unstoppable. During this season my goal is to provide you with stories from amazing women and business owners which will help you to adopt, grow and exercise that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset that already exists within you. I hope these stories allow you to learn, scale and become more resilient. I hope they can show you how to build your dreams and open doors. Remember that you already are exceptional and you deserve to sit at any table you desire to be in. You were meant for greatness. So let's get loud. Own your today. Own your story. And let's build together a better tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of Transcend with M. And with us today is Adrienne. She is an amazing individual. She owns an outstanding company. And I cannot wait for her to tell you the story about how everything came to fruition. She is a woman in insurance. Uh, she is a, a newly proud business owner and entrepreneur. And she is making strides changing the overall how everything functions within the insurance industry so welcome adrian how are you i'm good thank you so much for having me really looking forward to chatting today me too me too so first and foremost tell us who you are what's your company what are you doing and then we'll go a little bit backwards on to how this all came to be and your story and how did we got here yeah, um, so I am currently living in the Twin Cities. Um, I, I live in Minnesota. I founded Athena Actuarial Consulting in 2020 after uh, my experience working at two larger consulting firms. I've worked in um, rewards consulting across retirement benefits, uh, health insurance, workers' compensation, um, a variety of different uh, of, of different consulting spaces um, and really had um, hit a point in my career where I was I was definitely in the hustle and was starting to really look up as we all were in 2020 on um, and think about what I was hustling for, who I was hustling for, what what the mission was if there was one um, and what I wanted the rest of my career to look like. Um, and so I, I founded Athena and it's been a, a wild ride the last two years. Um, and a lot went into the decision to, to found Athena, but we work with uh, government organizations, commercial organizations, some big insurance companies um, and help them make decisions about the risk that they're exposed to. Um, whether it's helping them set their premiums, um, so it's kind of the back end of insurance, uh, or um, doing valuations of their pension benefits, uh, really helping to make 
my, my job as an actuary is to help uh, entities make informed decisions about risk. That's really amazing because there is a part that I've never been exposed to and it's this that you are doing for the insurance industry. Um, so it's really, um, you know, I'm very curious to know like how everything works, how, how do you got into that? What drives you? Um, but before we get into all of that, Tell us a little bit about your story. Like, how did you got here? What was the journey? You know, how did you started working with these consulting firms? You know, what is your exposure? Where you come from? I know that's like 700 questions in there, but like, I want to know it all. And I know our listeners will like it too. So let's, let's hit it off. Whatever you want to start, if you feel more comfortable sharing. Yeah, so I, I grew up on the East Coast. We'll go way back. <laughs> I grew up outside of Philadelphia. I, um, I went to college as a student athlete, the University of Virginia. And uh, through that experience, definitely learned the, um, learned the, the benefit of hard work on behalf of a team and sacrifice and um, definitely went almost too far in that direction, I would say. Because um, as I entered the workforce, I think I had that mentality still carrying me. And I think a lot of employees do that um, just blind loyalty to your employer, feeling as though somebody took a risk on you, maybe not feeling as though you hold the value that they placed on you um, when there was, there was somebody along the way who saw something and you others didn't. And that was definitely how I felt entering the workforce. Um, becoming an actuary is a really long journey. It usually takes between seven and 15 years of exams that you start while you're in college. Um, but you have to, there's, there's many barriers to entry for the field that are becoming more and more um, focused on these days in, in terms of who they're keeping out. Um, because if you don't have like a weird uncle who's an actuary, you probably have never heard of it. Um, so I, um, I heard of it through an employer presentation. My employer came to the University of Virginia, my first employer, um, and they were a great place to start a career, Willis Towers Watson. Um, and I, I went in with that hustle mindset, really putting my head down and working. Um, and I think I, I looked up after the first couple years and started to think, well, if I'm really putting in this hustle, I'd love for it to go towards building something. So when I thought about my next move, I was very focused on that. And I was totally enamored with a particular leader who um, kind of wooed me to, to join Deloitte, my next company. Um, and she was starting a government consulting practice. They, they've been government consulting for a long time, but the actuarial practice. Um, and I was the 10th employee to join and we grew it to 80 employees over two years. And it was a blast and we really got to feel that growth and, and all of the positives that can come from it, kind of the feeling of growing a business, though without a lot of the risk that I now am feeling. Um, and I, I really enjoyed my time there. I learned a ton. It's an, again, an awesome place to work. Um, but then I hit another um, just kind of crossroads, it was 2020. Um, and I think that was an opportunity for people to either feel like their employers really stepped up or, 
um, perhaps there's places where they fell short. And I think I was in the similar mindset of a lot of colleagues, not just at, at Deloitte, but in the industry in general of feeling just grateful to have a job. You know, we're, there's layoffs everywhere. I, I don't wanna complain. I'm just really grateful that I'm here. And then it started to be, well, I'm watching a lot of my colleagues either be laid off from here or other places and go through this hardship and and then feeling the burn of being one of the remaining people, kind of the driver of now what is the great resignation once all the work fell onto the individuals that were left. Um, and just experiencing the disparity that was growing uh, between those who could work from home and had jobs that were flexible and had uh, an emergency savings and, and could take more risk and those that did not have that situation. And I feel like in, in 2020, I was sitting there um, working with our supplier diversity department, an initiative I had I had started uh, with them a couple years before, really trying to grow our partnerships with small business as the government has a lot of preference or requirements or, or different ways of encouraging small business participation, especially woman-owned and minority-owned businesses. Um, so I, I saw on the one hand um, that there was a wide open market. There were no pension or pension and healthcare actuaries in the same company that was certified minority owned or woman owned. We wanted to find them. We wanted to team with them. I wanted to empower them and lift them up and they didn't exist. And that comes down to a lot of the barriers to entry for our fields that um, we're again having a light shined on them that the way our exam process works and if you find out about it late you're forever behind in the in the profession and um, again if you don't go to one of the target schools which are often the Ivy League schools or a couple of specific feeder schools then you just haven't heard of it um, so on, on the one hand I was seeing this wide open opportunity and on the other it was my own experience and seeing I had an awesome leader and I worked on a great team of people who really got each other, lifted each other up and checked in on each other. Even virtually, they still were able to keep that bond going. I was like, what if there was a place where this was the culture of the whole company? It wasn't just this group of eight people and how much more, just, just from a pure business perspective, wouldn't that be the way to get the maximum widgets per hour from your employees is if you actually recruited people who saw that had that as a priority for themselves and really were passionate about empowering others and helping them thrive in their work environment and then created the space for them to do that and uh, as i sat there and was like do i keep pressing forward and trying to make partner and kind of continuing to play this game that I did enjoy, you know, like I, I did enjoy going out, going out to the bar and hanging with everybody, but um, not everybody does. And I was usually the only woman standing at the cigar bar at two in the morning. Um, so I would say, I was like, what if that wasn't what made you successful and what created the connection that got you promoted? And what if um, this is the time to try it? Me personally, I, I don't have um, I, I was in a great time in my life to take a risk. I'm not supporting children right now. I'm, um, I have a very supportive partner. Um, I don't cook dinner and that really frees up a lot of time. Um, and so I think 
I, all of these things combined and I was just like, all right, I'm out. So I told my leader, he was extremely supportive. I started Athena technically in August of 2020. Um, it wasn't fully operational till I left Deloitte. Fully, very clear about that, um, December of 2020. Um, so we are approaching our two year mark, two years in business. First year was just me. I was joined by some contractors and part-time employees. We really hit our stride in January of 2022. Uh, where we were awarded a one and a half million dollar federal consulting engagement. Um, and it was just been a waterfall from there. So we just hired our 10th employee, um, starting to seek office space in the Minneapolis area for our headquarters. Uh, we are a, a virtual first company. Everybody is remote, but um, we'll be gathering the team for the first time to meet each other and have real life connection to deepen the, the already existing virtual connection at the end of this month. Wow, that's, I mean, what a water ride, I guess, is, is all I have to say. So a couple things, I, I, I have questions about a couple different things. Um, how was the experience of having a mentor and, a, and an individual that actually supported your vision and supported what you wanted to do? Because that's usually not the case. So tell me a little bit about that experience, how you manage it, how everything came to fruition and the, um, I guess from your experience, how rewarding that was in order to propel you to where you are today. I think it was very, it was almost just a, a, con a continuation of a theme through my life of like, the person I was always seeking the approval or the mentorship or the advocacy from, I was always very hyper-focused on who that, throughout my career, throughout my life, throughout my life as an athlete, um, maybe even like my personal life and family life, that the person who I was seeking the approval from um, was almost a distraction from the real mentor or advocate or sponsor that was there lifting me up the whole time and saw something in me that maybe I didn't even see how special it was or how unique it was. And once it clicked in each of these situations, in the first one being an assistant coach I had in college that um, really just empowered me to see that what I had to bring to the table was valuable, even if it wasn't exactly what was being asked of me or being, you know, it, it, what the, head coach at the time would have been looking for. And then again, when I got my first job, the people on my direct team, maybe not feeling like I was really finding the mentor I wanted to help me move forward, but there was a quiet mentor along the way who did see something in me um, and empowered me to see it myself. And then I think this, this last situation, not final, it still continues, but um, really when I went to that person, it wasn't even a surprise. And I realized, well, like they've been banging on the table for me the whole time, my whole career here, even when we hardly worked together. And it was because they, um, they saw my hustle and they saw my hard work. And I think at the time, not everybody could see that we were all virtual. So you don't even always know who's putting in the time or the hours or who's really checking in on their teammates. And seeing that that makes the whole team better, the whole team 
more cohesive and to operate more efficiently. Um, so I think that person knows that they are a, a huge role model of mine and they continue to be an advocate. And actually um, Deloitte was my first client because of that person. So not only did they support me and um, my vision and didn't even for a second express any frustration that I was leaving knowing that they were gonna have trouble uh, hiring because that's the, the nature of the workforce right now. They didn't even question that this wasn't where I'm supposed to be. And it's amazing how that's just, as an employer, that's how you wanna treat your employees. And I will say that is a big part of the culture at Deloitte is they, I mean, there's situations where you can definitely burn a bridge, but they encourage people to continue their career path even if it leads them away from Deloitte. Um, and I think that person really lived that. And now, I mean, I still get together with them and then there we live in the same city. And um, it's amazing how those little moments, when you're a leader, you're a mentor, you, you think about the big moments, but not the little reactions you have or just the little five minute conversations um, that really, show the person that you believe in them in the moments where they're most doubting themselves. That's pretty amazing. And I, 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 I bet, you know, that that support makes you want it to pay forward more, right? So I, I am assuming if anyone on your team is having the same dreams that you had or, want to pursue in a specific, you know, career or another a specific, you know, hobby or any specific things that they are passionate about, I am sure you will not hesitate to do the same for others because that's what propelled you to be where you are today. Absolutely. And I think it's just another one of those things that you do it because it feels good and it felt good when somebody treated you that way but it yeah. also just makes really good business sense. Like it also makes sense for you to not try to retain somebody who doesn't want to be there. And it also yeah. like, it makes sense for you to keep in good contact with people because the world is small and they'll either come back and work for you again someday or they'll hire you. So yeah. I think it, it just, it is something you do because it's part of your character and because it's the way that you treat people but it also like will likely come back and, and help you in the long run in business or in your personal life. Yeah, yeah, no, totally agree with you. And then the second portion was getting that big contract. How did you maneuver that? Because that's a, that's a big moment. So how did you felt like, what were the emotions? How did you got there? Tell me more. Yeah, it was actually, it was such a weird, it, government contracting takes a really long time, but this one had even been like years in the making, not because I was planning for this particular contract, but back when I first started, first switch roles, I was on site. I had desks at all of these government agencies and just because I enjoyed it, and I'm sure, at some point in my career, if I had stayed there, it would have benefited me um, in making sales. Um, but I, I used to get on site really early and just talk to all of the people who were on, 
what they called actuary alley on this one client site that I was on. But I just was always really interested in getting to know my clients on a personal level. And it, I, even when I was a staff member, it was just what I thought made consulting exciting and um, that you're really getting to help people serve their constituents or their, the, you know, the individuals that benefit from their agency um, or just do their job better or feel better about the work that they're providing. Uh, whatever our goal was, that was my favorite part was connecting with people. And from back um, early on in my, my time at Deloitte, I, I had one client who I'd always really had connected with when I was on site there. Um, we got to know each other really well. And um, when I left Deloitte, I became, they became my client. I was a subcontractor on that, that contract. So um, it kind of continued on six or seven year long relationship. And um, when I, I left um, Deloitte and started this company, they offered to write a testimonial and just whatever they could do to help the business and help um, us succeed. Again, something that I was just doing because it it's, was part of my personality, but in the end was incredibly impactful for the business um, because that testimonial led to a small contract, a small county um, in New Jersey um, and just having, having a client speak so positively about their experience with you. Um, and so then fast forward to October of 2021, it was a six month, um, six month pursuit. Um, the, the agency, and so this is supplier diversity is just becoming increasingly prevalent among commercial entities, government entities, um, and it can come in a lot of forms. They can either provide bonus points to women-owned small businesses or minority-owned businesses, LGBT-owned businesses, veteran-owned. There's a bunch of different categories, but they can provide bonus points. They can require a big firm to team up with a small firm um, in order to win the work. There's different strategies, but the whole point is that there's been many studies that show that it is more impactful it is more economically impactful to directly source to small business rather than with a large business and kind of wait for it to trickle down. Um, going right to the small business can be life-changing for that small business. Um, and as they hire, it's immediately impacting those employees that they're hiring. There's less overhead, less like leakage along the way in terms of economic impact. So the supplier diversity, that was what I saw in terms of a business opportunity that there, I know, knew that there were a few healthcare consulting firms out there that had gotten the certification, but nobody with our exact skill set, our three uniques that we call them. And so I submitted a response. The Department of Defense was following federal acquisition rules, uh, which requires them to see if any small business can do the work before they're allowed to go back to their big firm. And they put it out. It's very, you know, go through the motions. They typically just put it out and then there aren't any responses. Then they go to the big firm. We responded, didn't hear. Four months later, got a call. Can you come in and do a briefing with the client to relay to them how you could do this work? Like they didn't believe that it was possible for us to, fulfill a million and a half dollar contract, um, given that a lot of our contracts were like $10,000, $20,000 smaller contracts. 
Um, so we had 24 hours to prepare for the briefing. I had a contractor at the time that was working as a healthcare actuary and we were just getting to know each other. And I was like, oh, it might be kind of slow going. And as we grow, it'd be great to stay in touch. And then I called, I was like, all right, we have 24 hours. We could win a million and a half dollar contract. And she was like, well, we're not really gonna get it, but sure, I'll help. And then my old coach, old boss from Deloitte, who um, retired from Deloitte in 2020, but still was a mentor, a really helpful um, advocate for me. Um, he had experience with this particular client and jumped on as well. And the three of us prepared, went in and did this briefing. And I, I prepared, like prepped all night. Um, basically, we really stuck with our technical competencies. We are as we are have the same qualifications that you would get at this bigger firm, but we are able to offer it with minimal red tape, all of the, the things that we think makes us different. Um, I did a long pitch about why, why it makes more sense to go with us than a big firm, what it is we believe in, what you're buying when you work with us, really pulling at um, the fact that these people, these buyers have power and influence and while they might sometimes just be checking the box or um, going through the motions of government contracting, when you hit a moment, any human who hears like, when you buy from us, you're buying this mission-driven organization that's making change, it motivates. And it has been incredibly helpful for us when we're in those conversations where, where it's just down to a couple final bidders, or in this case, it was just us. Um, trying to convince them that we could do this work as well as big firm. We, they asked a couple questions that made us think like it was not gonna happen. And then I got a call from the small business representative afterwards who said, um, though the buyer went in 100% certain that you would not be able to do this job. Now they're like 50% certain. Do you have any reference letters of reference like that you could, that could speak to the quality of work that you've done? So I called my two contacts that I mentioned, the one that I had been advocating for us for years, and then the other that was a smaller county. And within one hour, they turned around letters of reference, just raving about their experience, even on a small engagement and then on a longer one and how um, it's been just really differentiated from other consulting experiences they've had. And um, we sent them in and <laughs> the, um, the representative called us back and said, we've never seen those kinds of letters like roll in that fast. So just the timing alone is extremely like exudes confidence in, in your company. And um, then three more hours went by and I was actually sitting like on this couch in the basement, like we're not gonna get it. There's no way, there's no way like this doesn't happen. This is just an exercise they go through. Um, and he called, the small business representative called and was like, or, and the contracting officer, it was a um, conference call and they said, we wanted to call you personally. So you have a great weekend and let you know that um, the Department of Defense is doing a woman owned small business sole source to, source to Athena Actuarial Consulting with no competition. And you guys will, are going to serve on this contract. Um, it was amazing. Um, we've been, then there were still four more months of back and forth that to do all the paperwork. 
but I immediately hired the health actuary. So Veronica is our healthcare practice leader now. I hired my old boss who um, now is the account manager for, for that contract and working on a, a couple others for us. Um, and from there, we marketed that, that they determined we were the only woman owned small business in the US with pension and healthcare actuaries on staff. And we're able to use that um, to have sole sourced contracts at other federal agencies. So we've just been marketing that and um, experienced a lot of growth in the last four months as a result. Wow, what an incredible story. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. I am so proud of you. And like, it's Thank it's you. so unbelievable, like what can happen in such a short period of time. It's incredible. Um, and I mean, how we got to meet is because of all these, you know, advocacy and trying to do what's What's right for you know the 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 woman owned the minority owned the people underrepresented, um, so I am very very grateful that we got to 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 meet and know each other, um, you know because the even though it's it's totally different lines of work, it still focuses on doing something positive and doing something that is um, life changing in so many different levels, right? Because you wouldn't think that Athena's actuary actually can help you in the future save money if she does the if they do their their job right right so like you know the economy and how much you pay on insurance depends on them <laughs> absolutely <laughs> for those that didn't know here you have um so I think that's such an incredible story and I cannot wait to see how much you grow and all the success that you will experience in the next year or so. So when I'm back in the Twin Cities, which I, I visit frequently, um, I cannot wait to have, you know, brunch or coffee or whatever it is to, you know, catch up more, meet your team. But overall, I'm just blown away because it is such an incredible, hard job. Like nobody wakes up and say, I want to be an actuary. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even say that. So, <laughs> you know, even though like right now, everybody is kind of like experiencing, um, you know, a, uh, an issue with hiring and everything. I feel like actuaries have been having this issue for many, many, many years because there is, like you said earlier, there is such a long process to gain, not just, what you need to exercise the role, but also the credibility that you can be trusted in order to function within that role. So kudos to you for, you know, fo focusing on getting this done, on pursuing your passion and what you love and like to do. Um, and, you know, keep us posted because this story is just the beginning. Um, you know, it's just unfolding and we really definitely have more that needs to be talked about here. Um, we have big plans. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for telling us your story. Um, and, and thank you for being a support system because like I've learned, you know, things from you that you have actually 
provide it to other people that are on our same circles and whatnot. So we're all learning from each other, growing together, and just overall, you know, being uh, there for one another when 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 we need to be. So appreciate you being here, and thank you for your patience uh, and for sharing everything that you have today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for all that you're doing. I've listened to a couple episodes and I love hearing people's stories and it's, it's what we all need to keep going on the hard days. Um, it's a roller coaster and um, it's definitely not all highs life as an entrepreneur, um, especially when your business is your values is you. So like, um, I think that that's a lot of the people I know you talk to and it, I love hearing about how other people have found ways to turn uh, what they believe in into a business. Um, and it's really, it's amazing. Uh, so keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you too, you too. So let's keep moving forward. Life is meant to be fun. You're not hurting anyone. Nobody loses. Make you free Be what you wanna be Make no excuses I appreciate you listening today Remember that it is your reaction to adversity No adversity itself That determines how your life story will develop Now it is the time to do something meaningful And impactful with your story Help empower others Or empower yourself To break that glass ceiling That holds you back don't forget to visit our website to learn more about our guests from today and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. My name is Monica Duani, and I cannot wait to see you transcend. <laughs>